while you've been out, while you've been at work, while you've been taking care of stuff, we've compiled a composite of the latest and biggest stories of the day to help you get caught up. This is 830 News on the Go. With 830 on the Go for Tuesday, January 2nd, I'm Mark Fry. Here are some of today's top stories. Residents at a South Minneapolis homeless encampment are prepping for a planned eviction on Thursday. Crow Wing County leaders are taking a stand against Minnesota's new state flag, and Minnesota businesses are dealing with a flurry of new laws. Today's top story, at least three people were sent to the hospital when a bus crashed into a wall Tuesday morning in northeast Minneapolis. Stonehouse Square was once a convent and is now an apartment building. It's surrounded by a low brick wall topped by a wrought iron fence. It appears the bus was traveling south on Broadway when it sheared off a telephone pole before crashing right through the wall. The entire bus came to rest inside the building's courtyard. Its front windshield smashed with tree branches piled up onto the front wheels. The building was not hit and no one living there was hurt. In Northeast Minneapolis, Al Shock, Newstock A30, WCCO. Well, it's been a violent start to 2024 in the Twin Cities with gunfire claiming one life and injuring two children late Sunday into New Year's Day. A 10-year-old boy is in critical condition and, and expected to survive after he was shot in the stomach. Meanwhile, gunfire at a party claimed the life of a man in the Hamlin Midway neighborhood. St. Paul Police Sergeant Mike Ernster. Those are the exact questions our investigators are working through right now. Talking to the people, the witnesses, and talking to other people that were there. Um, what was the relationship? How did they know each other? Um, our investigators are trying to get those questions answered. Meanwhile, an 11-year-old girl was hit by a bullet early yesterday in North Minneapolis. Police say her wounds are non-life-threatening and that the bullet was fired outside of her home and then made its way into her bedroom. Sentencing today for a 20-year-old Plymouth man who pleaded guilty in the 2022 shooting death of a teenager. A Hennepin County judge today sentenced Augustus Sirleaf to 23 years behind bars for the murder of 17-year-old Yassid Johnson, who was shot killed during a robbery outside of a Plymouth apartment complex. Sirleaf spoke prior to the sentencing. Truly sorry to the family. I never intended for any of this to happen. I know it's a tough loss. And that's not who I am as a person. You know, I never intended to hurt nobody. That's not who I am as a person, and I'm truly sorry, and I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me as a person. Another man, 20-year-old Hans Madev, was also charged. He'll be sentenced January 10th. In other news, a lawsuit filed against Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry is seeking to stop the eviction of a Southside homeless encampment later this week. The people living here at Nanukasi Camp in South Minneapolis are preparing to stand their ground when the city of Minneapolis begins the eviction process on Thursday. We're going to stand our ground. They're kicking us off of stolen land. Nicole Mason lives at the camp and also tends to much of the activity here. She says they have been trying to work with the city for the past five months to come up with a more permanent solution, but to no avail. And they're telling a whole camp of 160 Indigenous members that they don't belong here. A lawsuit filed in federal court seeks to stop the eviction temporarily, again, until a more permanent solution can be found. In Minneapolis, Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. Minnesota's new state flag is back in the news and is a target of a letter approved today by the Crow Wing County Board of Commissioners. The letter approved today outlining their opposition of the newly chosen state flag is headed to Governor Tim Walz and other state leaders. The vote was 3-1 to one with Commission Chair John Lubke voting present. I had a, a mayor call me up from District 2 and says, so we spend time and dollars at the county to change the outcome of flags. That's really not in our wheelhouse to do. Uh, they said that's bonkers. 
It's truly bonkers is what they put out there. The commissioner who suggested the letter says changing the flag is whitewashing the state's history. The new flag and seal are officially adopted May 11th, the 166th anniversary of Minnesota becoming a state. While Minnesota businesses are dealing with a number of new laws and changes to start the year, including sick and safe time for every worker, Lauren Schothorst of the Minnesota Chamber telling WCCO's Vanita Sakhar in the morning news that sick and safe time is a challenge for employers that are already understaffed. When you have a paid time off policy implemented such as this and then a year or so the paid family medical leave, you have to overstaff in order to accommodate those potential absences. And that is going to be even challenging when our employers are saying they're having trouble filling the spots that they have. The new sick and safe time law means if you work 30 hours, that makes you eligible for one hour of paid sick and safe time for a maximum of 48 hours a year. A new month and new year means many people are opting to put down the drink as part of dry January. Doctors say foregoing alcohol can be good for everything from heart health, blood pressure, and liver function to improve sleep, mental clarity, and mood. Dr. Jeremy Kidd is with the American Psychiatric Association. I think one of the biggest benefits of dry January is it gives all of us a chance to re-examine our relationship with alcohol. Kid says, as with other habits, quitting works best by setting short-term achievable goals. A Twin Cities nonprofit that runs a creative writing group in our local county jails is getting ready to publish an anthology of inmates' work. Free Writers founder and CEO Nate Johnson says these short five-minute bursts of spontaneous writing can be remarkably moving, all the while providing some much-needed therapy. And what we have found is that this really simple, mindful practice lifts people's spirits and eases people's pain, whether they're locked up or not, but the people who are locked up really need it. Johnson says he got the idea to bring free riders to county jails after helping a friend who was in trouble and seeing the difference it made in his life. He says unlike prisons where convicted felons have access to recreation and the outdoors, jail inmates awaiting trial do not have those options and often don't even have windows. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830, WCCO. And thank you for listening to today's 830 On The Go. You can find each day's On The Go and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Mark Fry, News Talk 830, WCCO.